Acts chapter 24, verse 24. Reading just two verses tonight. Acts 24, verse 24. The physician, the great physician Luke, will write the book of Acts. He'd also write the book of Luke, and he would write the Acts of the Apostles, the early church. I'm sure glad that this is the book of Acts Church. Come on, Arnie. I'm going to say it again. I'm sure, sure glad that this is the book of Acts church. This ain't a book of Exodus church. This ain't a book, no matter how good and how great the Old Testament is, He gave us the book of Acts. He gave us the new covenant. He gave us the book of Acts. Mary, me and Mary was talking. Some churches are tearing pages out of the Bible. Some don't even read the book of Acts. But let me tell you, I'm glad that this is a book of Acts church. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God. Mama, y'all want to get me started? Come on, baby. I'll have you here all night. Verse 24 says, And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Priscilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And I want to minister just a few moments on the subject of convenient season. Amen. Convenient season. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. God, we thank you for what you've done in this place tonight for your sweet presence. We cannot make it without your presence, Lord. Without just a moment, Lord, of being in your presence. Lord, we thank you for what you've done, for what you've got in store for this camp meeting coming up. God, we thank you for sending your only son to Calvary's cross to die for each of our sins. And we ask you, Lord, to help us ever or look to what Christ did for us. And everybody says, Amen. 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 Everybody says, Amen. Amen. That's the way I like it. Emily was talking when she was up here testifying about when she got saved. And she was talking how that she didn't really know she at first believed. I think that a lot of us were probably there in our younger childhood days that we were just coming to church because that's what our family did. We were just coming to church because, and that's a great thing. Let me tell you, parents, bringing the church in, they won't come switching the bring Because that's what they did to Dad. Amen. And he turned out to be a pastor. He may have lost his hair in the process. <laughs> he looks awesome. I'll tell you what. I think, I'll tell you what. I think I got a pretty good looking dad. <laughs> but. She was talking about how she at first didn't, just didn't, wasn't sure. She didn't know. And she said that one night that God showed himself to her. And she believed from there on. 
Let me tell you, God is just looking to show himself to you if you oh, would yes. dare oh, yes. and believe. Oh, yes. If you would dare and believe, he will show himself to you. He will show himself to you. Paul was in a similar situation. A lot of the book of Acts deals with Paul. Paul would bring the new covenant to the world. He would be the one that God would choose. Come on, man. No, he wouldn't choose Peter, the okay. one that was a spokesman for the disciples. Yeah. No, he wouldn't choose John. Nope. John the beloved. The one that loved Christ more than all of them. Come on. No, he wouldn't choose his brother, his half-brother James. Come on, man. Come on. He wouldn't choose these disciples. The ones that had seen him and been with him. But he would choose a Roman to bring the new covenant to the Gentile and to the world. I see, when I say Gentile, I'm talking about you and I. How many of y'all know that Israel is God's chosen people? Did y'all know that? If you didn't, you need to. Because they are God's. Let me tell you, everything that happens rests on Israel. Yeah. Yes, it does. That is God's time clock. Yes, it is. Come on. It's Israel. Oh, yeah. Amen. We can look at every nation in this world. Come on, baby. Come on, man. Come on. Every nation that's ever existed. Come on. The most powerful, Russia, uh, at some points. We can look at all the Soviet Union. But yet not a one of them has stood. But the one that's still standing Come on. is God's chosen nation. Come on. Let me tell you, if you're not built on the rock, Come on. you're going to fall. But if you're built on the rock, Amen. the gates of hell will not prevail because you're built on Christ. Amen. Now, hold on a minute. Come on. There's one problem, though. Israel is God's chosen people, but... They don't believe in Christ. Come on, man. Come on. Jesus would say, in the, in the Gospels, it would say, rejected of his own. Israel was looking for freedom from Rome. Come now on. I'm talking Rome. I just told y'all, Paul's Rome. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. They're looking for freedom Come from on. Rome. And they had known and, and seen the prophets. And I'll tell you what. If you don't know by now that Jesus is the Messiah, then you got some problems. You got pretzel in your head. Because all you got to do is read the old covenant. Isaiah would say that he was led to the slaughter. Like a sheep to the slaughter. Come on, man. And he'd grow up as a tender plant. There'd be nothing that we'd see of him to desire. Come on. And he would also prophesy the very words that Jesus would bring to us. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach deliverance to the captives. 
the opening of Sa'as to the blind. I, I'm not saying it exactly right. To set liberty those which are bruised. Come on. To preach deliverance to the captives. Those held by the grips and bonds of sin. Amen. Come on, God. Yet Israel would not accept the Redeemer. Jesus would say, If I be lifted up, all Amen. men be drawn unto me. Amen. He'd say, If I be lifted up. But Israel could not see. How this brought victory. Oh. They could not see how the king, their king, their mighty king, as prophesied about, would be led to the slaughter as a sheep and die as, as, a, as an offering, Come on. as a servant Come on. for sin. They could not see the victory in that. Let me tell you something, church. Christ must reign. Spiritually, before he reigns physically. Amen. Y'all hear that? Yeah. Now, I'm not just talking for Israel. Come on. Hallelujah. People's looking for blessings. Come on, People's looking for victory. Uh -huh. But yet they're relying on the things of this physical world. When there's an answer that needs to be got, that needs to be spiritual. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the light of the world. He said, those that are heavy laden, come unto me. I'll give you rest. He's got rain spiritually before he came physically. Amen. And Paul, I'm going to go back to Emily, would be on that road to Damascus. He said he would, had, was on his way to get letters. Come on. He had gotten letters and he was on his way to Damascus to persecute and to beat and to capture anyone that called upon the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. He would call upon the name of the Lord, but he would not believe that Jesus was the one that lived. And Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Paul would be on the road to Damascus on his way to persecute, and he would say later on that he killed Christians. He believed that, that, that Jesus was just another another carpenter. Yeah, yeah, come on. He might have been a God, but he couldn't have been the Messiah. The Messiah's going to come in yeah. on a white horse. He's going to come in right and give us freedom from wrong. Let me tell you, that comes. The first is the crucifixion. The second coming is on the way. He's going to ride in on a white horse, church. But you and me are going to be with him. We're going to be riding with him. We're going to be riding. He's going to have king of kings on his leg. He's going to be coming. To rid of all the sin of this world Amen. that reigns in this world because of original sin. Amen. Come on, Amen. Paul would be on his way to Damascus and he would say, Oh, a bright light come from heaven. He'd refer to it as a light that's brighter than the noon sun. That's brighter than the noon sun. Yeah. Yeah. Would shine down 
and it would blind his eyes. And he would, he would say, Lord, who is it? And, he would, and Jesus would speak to Paul and say, it is I, Jesus of Nazareth, that you persecute. And Paul would say those words, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Lord, do you just want me? You come to me. What would you have me do? We need to ask that church, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? And he would be led as the killer that he was, the mighty killer. He would be led to Damascus blind. Amen. As a blind peasant, he's now led to Damascus. And God would send Ananias and lay hands on Paul and would tell him that he would go and take the gospel to the Gentiles. Jesus would tell him, it said Paul prayed those, those three days that he tarried in Damascus. He had a lot to pray about, I imagine. After seeing Stephen, this man that was on fire for God, being the, the murderer of Stephen. And he would tell Paul, you will take the gospel unto the Gentile world. Come on, now. come on. Y'all, do y'all understand? That's, that's us. The gospel is for us. And the gospel is for you, for your children. Come on. Paul would, you can read the book of the, the as mom says, the General Electric Power Company. Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You can read all of Paul's books and see the mighty things that he did as he would spread the gospel to the to the uh, the ones that didn't think it was for them, that didn't think they could have it. But the gospel is for anyone. It don't matter how dirty you might be. It don't matter where you've been. It's for you. It's for you. People say, what can God do with me? He can do with you more than he can do with 25 people that's got a degree in science, physics, and astronomical physics. He can do with one Christian that don't know how to write their name. He can do more with them than he can with anybody. People say, I've got this degree. They say, I'm a minister of the gospel. And I went and I took uh, psychology. Oh, I took all these classes. I did all this. You can have any degree you want. Amen. But if you don't have Christ, you don't have nothing. Amen. If you don't have Christ, you ought to get excited. You don't have nothing. How many of y'all here got uh, a four-year degree? This ain't on video. It's just being here hurts. Anybody see you raise your hand? All right. How many of y'all in here got Christ? Well, let me assure you, you've got all you need. You've got all you need. You've got all you need. Just start building on that foundation because you've got all you need. You've got all you need. Paul would separate from many of the disciples. He would, uh, uh, there, there's so many stories you can tell about Paul. What the things he went through, him and Silas in the prison. So many great stories about Paul. 
and so many great things that he did because he was set apart called from, from the Lord to bring the gospel. And he would go on missionary journeys to the Gentile world and he would spread the gospel. Tell him it's for you. He would say, not like this, he would say, and there was many different things people were trying to preach with, but he would say, we preach Christ crucified. Let me say it again. We preach Christ crucified. It might be a stumbling block to the Jews. It might be foolishness to the Greeks. But under those which are saved, under those which are saved, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But under those which are saved, it's the power of God. The gospel is power. There's power in the gospel. There's power in His name. There's power in the name of Jesus. And Paul would preach grace, unmerited favor, undeserved God's goodness to undeserving people. He would be on his way back to Jerusalem, where is the church headquarters. A lot of people say that Jerusalem's church held over 30,000. And it wasn't uh, a building, but it uh, had 30,000 members. Uh -huh. They weren't allowed. I mean, they, they was frowned upon. They would go house to house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You go to a Christian's house now and be afraid of what you're going to see. <laughs> Paul would go to Jerusalem. To meet up with James, the brother of Christ, the half brother of Christ. Uh -huh. And James would say to Paul, and Paul would tell James all the great things he'd done, uh -huh. all the mighty things that God had did through him for the Gentiles, how many had been saved. And they rejoiced, but James would refer back and say, Look at these Jews that we have that are zealous yeah. for the law. They're zealous for the for the law of Moses. And he said, Yet we know that you say forsake the law. Paul would not say forsake the law, but he would say the law is fulfilled in Christ. Oh, he said that, 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 that there's no, therefore no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. That walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do y'all hear that? That walk not after, there's no condemnation to you. If you're in Christ, you are, you are justified. You are set free. He would say, for the law, the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law yeah. of sin and death. For what the law could not do, for it was insufficient through the flesh, God sending His only Son yeah. in the likeness of sinful flesh has condemned sin in the flesh. And the law can be fulfilled for those that are in Christ. That the righteousness of the law can be fulfilled in Christ. Amen. Come on, Lord. Yet they were still... Good job. I, I just want to say to my own words, they were wrapped up in the most in, in Moses, in in the law uh, that, that that Moses had given, and yeah. we had to have the law. Y'all understand? We had to have the law because yeah. it just showed us how incapable that we are, yeah. how we can't keep it. We can't keep the law. We can't. It's proven. We can't. That's why a lamb had to come be slain. On the cross. Amen. We don't have that cross up there 
because it looks pretty, because it lights up. But we've got it because the lamb was slain. He said, I'll be lifted up on the cross. But we couldn't keep the law. And then came grace. What Christ did at Calvary's cross gave grace. And a whole lot of preachers and, 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 uh, uh, and Christians say, well, I'm under grace now. I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I mean, I can go do what? The blood covers it. I can do whatever I want. And then I can go confess my sins. Then I can, then I can go do, you know, then I can, I, I, can, I can go to the bar on Saturday as long as I'm right on Sunday. I can go, I'm going to get off that, but let me tell you, grace gives us not the authority to sin. God forbid Paul would say Jesus said, when you pray, Say, Father, forgive me of my sins and help me to forgive those who sinned against us. Grace don't give us the power to do whatever we want, but it gives us the power to live right, to live holy, to live righteous unto God. Let me tell you, people that, and this is blunt, and we've probably all been there. But thank God for forgiveness. But people that look at God and predetermine that they're going to do this sin and did this sin, and then they say, I know you'll forgive me. You're looking right into the face of God and saying, I don't care what you do, I'm going to use your grace. Come on, don't worry. Do you realize that Christians, uh, so called Christians, are trying to do that? Yeah, come on. Now we're going to fall. Yeah. But thank God that we can get back up. That we can get back up. He said, when you fall, don't stay down. Get back up. Get back up on the rock. But Paul would preach grace. That you no longer had to, to, to do the sacrifices. That you no longer had to rely on what you could do. But you relied on what Christ has already done. They would tell Paul, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Has so much to say. I'm turning into, said, I'm taking after Chloe. I'm getting long winded out. She's going to have to do something about this. They <laughs> said, if you need to know something, just go to the prayer reunion. <laughs> I love Chloe. Um, but he would come to the church in Jerusalem, and James would. Um, come to Paul and Paul would do what James wanted him to do because he didn't want to have a church split. Come on, Do y'all hear that? We got a lot of people that will do something just to get a church split. That's it. Yeah. Grandmother can tell you all kinds of stories on that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We've had it. But they said to Paul, would you just do the the, the, um, the ceremony? Would you go to the temple? And would you, we have four men, and would you uh, go into the temple and do the things that would make you clean according to the law to show the people that you were, uh, you didn't forsake the law, he would, you know, he would do it because he didn't want to hurt everybody. He, he knew that that was not the way to get everything right. They say you have to go in there and shave your head. 
Does that sound like something we hear a lot today on the dog on the way around? Huh. Come on now. Come on. And they told him he would be doing this, and at the end of the seven days that he would have to do it, the Jews would come at him. And they would point at Paul, and they would cause a ruckus, and they would tell everyone, Behold, look at this man that defiles the temple. He shouldn't be in there. There's no way he's clean. Man, I've got a feeling Paul's going through his mind. I'm in Christ. I don't know about you. But I'm clean because I'm in Christ. Yeah. Come on, honey. Come on. And they would find Paul to kill him. They would drag him into the street. Come on. And they were going to kill him. But the chief captain would see what they were doing, and he would take Paul. And this is just in the other chapters ahead of this, and it's a good read. Y'all need to read Acts 22, 23, 24, really good. And Paul would be bound by the, the chief captain. And the chief captain would get him and take him into the castle. This is in Jerusalem. And he would bind him. Well, back in the day, it was against the law to bind a Roman. Uh -huh. And the chief captain would be ready to, to, to kill Paul and to hit him with Lord knows what. Yep. To beat him, to scourge him, it says. And he would say, is it against the law to scourge a Roman? And the, the, the chief captain knew that he was in trouble. He was doing the wrong thing. Uh -huh. So he decided that he would have to take Paul before the Sanhedrin. And before the, the, the people. Now, I want to explain that in just a second. And I'll let y'all out just a little bit. Come on, preach. Come on, honey. But the Sanhedrin, that's the same people that crucified Christ. Yes. The same ones that Christ would sit in front of. And he would preach to them and tell them. Well, he would tell them. They would say, are you the Messiah? He would say, it is I. They knew who it was. They knew it was him. No doubt, when Paul would sit in front of this uh, Sanhedrin, had about 70 members, that there would be some that was there when Christ was uh -huh. put on the cross. There would be some that seen him nail, that, 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 that was against him. And I, I, I believe there was just a few in the Sanhedrin that didn't want him to be crucified. Uh -huh. But there were so many that would say, crucify him. Get rid of him. Get rid of this man that does all these miracles. Yeah, yeah. Paul would stand before the Sanhedrin knowing that they're all against him. He told the disciples on his way before he went to Jerusalem. He told them that I must go to Jerusalem. Uh -huh. One said that Paul, you'll die. They'll beat you. They'll, they'll, they'll bind you. Come on. And the disciples began to weep and cry before he went and he looked at him and he said, why weep and cry? He said, don't you know that I'll not only be beaten and bound for Christ, but I'll die for Christ. Uh -huh. I'll die for that name. How many Christians would lay down their life for the gospel? How many Christians would lay it all down for Christ? How many people, does it mean that much to you? How much, what would you do for him? There's people dying every day, families. Dying, losing their children, and uh, there was uh, in the year 2018, 6,000 women and children have died because they proclaimed Christ. Hallelujah. 
2018. He would go before Jerusalem in the Sanhedrin. And he would be talking to them and he would tell them that, hold on, I'm a Pharisee. And they're full of Pharisees. The Pharisees are the bad guys. Y'all know that. And then there would be a big uproar and the chief captain seeing that they was trying to get to Paul again. They was just trying to end this uproar, trying to get to Paul. This is in the middle of the uh, hearing that he was in front of his people. And the chief captain would take him and he would send him to a man, the governor, the court of the governor named Felix. And Felix would be a man that would be mean. I mean, he, he was evil. He, he would cause more harm than he would good. Yes. And the captain would send him. And I like this. That night, he was in the captain's chamber before he sent him. Yeah, they had him bound in bars, and, and he didn't know what was going to happen. And Jesus appeared to Paul again. And he said, Behold, be of good cheer. Because you testified in front of Jerusalem and you're going to testify in front of Rome. That's right. Let me tell you. That's it. Y'all going to go through stuff. The enemy's going to come at you. Bigger than you can imagine. But be of good cheer because Jesus is going to take you all the way to your end. Be of good cheer, church. Be of good cheer. He'll take you all the way to your end. It don't matter what comes at you. Then Paul, after that, the governor had beckoned unto him to speak. 
answered, For as much as I know that thou hast been of many years to judge under this nation, I do the more cheerfully, cheerfully answer for myself, because I want to go down to 12. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up people, neither in the synagogues nor in the city, neither can they prove these things that they accuse me of. But this is what he said. But this I confess. But this I confess unto thee that after the way which they call heresy, I confess that I serve Christ. Yeah. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I confess to the Lord Jesus. And I believe when he said those words, that Felix was sitting up there on his governor's seat. And when he said, I confess, I believe Felix started to tremble. I believe he started to shake. I believe he started to see something in Paul that he didn't see in anybody else. That he see love. That he see compassion. He said, I confess that I worship the Lord through the name Jesus Christ. And he would turn it back over to the Jews to speak and Felix would, he would say, no, this ain't going any farther. We'll continue it on. I'll delay this court date. Felix witnessed a man that was saved. Let me tell you, do you know what you can do just as a Christian? Just to confess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You make a difference in this world because you are in Christ. Because you are son and daughter of the most high God. Because you're saved and washed by the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. You make a difference, church. All you've got to do is say like Paul did, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Felix went home that night pondering upon what he heard about Christ, about this one that they condemned, that they said was not the true king. Felix knew that Jesus was king. He knew that there was something different about Paul. He seen the change in him. He seen how Jesus had brought him up out of that miry clay set his feet on the rock and filled his mouth, his heart with praise. Amen. Good job. Felix brought Paul over to the to the jail, I would say. And he told him that he could have visitors and all that, but nobody that would preach and minister. And I believe that Felix went home for a few days and he couldn't shake it. He couldn't get it off his mind what yep. Paul said. That I, I, none of these things are true, but this one thing I'll tell you. I serve Christ. Oh, yeah. He couldn't get that off his mind. It just ran through him. He couldn't take it. He wanted to hear more. Come on. One thing, Come and then in Acts 24, the scripture says, after a few days, after a few days, that Felix would come. 
bring his wife, Drusilla. The Bible says she was a Jewess. And history is traced back that she is the daughter of the one that killed the apostle James, the brother of John. The one that, that, that the mother wanted his head on a platter. Yeah. No, that was John the Baptist. Yeah. That killed the apostle John, the first apostle, and died. Yet yeah, Felix would bring his wife to talk to Paul. To talk to Paul. After Paul, everyone in the area was against Paul. The Sanhedrin, the rulers of Jerusalem, the most high people with the biggest name were trying to get rid of Paul. Yet Felix would come. Some say out of curiosity. Some say that Felix knew a lot about the gospel. Some say that, that he, he knew. But he would come with his wife. And he would talk to Paul. I believe he came to Paul and said, Just tell me again what you said the other day. Just say it one more time. I just want to hear you say it. I just want to hear you say the name Jesus. I just want to hear what you have to say. I just want to hear what you have to say. Felix would, would I believe that Felix brought his wife, and, and, and it doesn't say if he has the kids, but if he does, I'm sure he brought them. And Felix would sit in front of Paul, and Paul would reason with Felix. Now listen to this, church. The one that was going, the one that was against what Paul believed, Paul turned to him with love. That were your friends that are bound by drugs, 
that are bound by alcohol, that they, they, they get up and they have to have that crutch. As you said, it was a crutch for you. It was a crutch. They're captive. They're held captive by this world. They have no self-control. But Jesus said those words, I come to set the captives free. I come to preach deliverance to the captives. Through my blood on Calvary's cross, you can have deliverance. You can have victory. You can be saved. And he would preach judgment to come. What does that mean? Judgment to come. What does that mean? That means judgment. This is what it says. It means judgment. You see, as Christians, we're all judged. When we give our life to Christ, we're judged of our sins. And they're washed away because of the blood. But those that don't give their life to Christ, they're going to be judged too. Nobody can slip away from the judgment of God. As Christ will sit in Jerusalem, in the sin of this world, He will judge. And then on the great white throne, judgment. All those that have not accepted Christ will be forever sentenced to live in eternal hell. The lake of fire, the gnashing of teeth. The rich man said, just send a drop of water on your fingertip of Lazarus to cool my tongue. You see, everyone, no matter what, if they're just here as a Christian, or if they're judged, at the great white throne, they're going to be judged of Christ. Yes. The Bible says that Felix trembled. The conviction of the Holy Spirit was there in a mighty way. He trembled, trembled. He knew that his only way to heaven, his only way to God was through Christ. But out of covetousness, as Grandmother read earlier and, and, and brought to my attention, his want for worldly riches, for worldly things. To be a ruler, to be someone that is in control. He would tell Paul, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, no doubt weeping, trembling, he would tell Paul, I'll call you in a convenient season. In a convenient season. And there's no... There's no record that Felix ever got saved. That his wife, Drusilla, ever got saved. Because they turned down their opportunity. The one opportunity that presented itself. And let me tell you, we've got to live as Christians. Not only as unbelievers. I, I think we've got a house full of saved people here tonight. But we've got to live in today because there's no promise for tomorrow. There's no promise for tomorrow. I'm going to turn this thing around, convenient season. If you need something from God, don't settle for it. The next day. You need it now. If you need something, God said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find a knock. And it'll be open to you. And as Paul did to Felix, as he said those words, I will confess. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. We ought not to be ashamed 
of the one that's brought us out, church. If anybody ever comes up to you and says, what religion are you? What, what, what belief are you? Say, I'm Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and he went down into the grave. But the cross made a way that Satan could not hold him, that death could not keep him. And he rose up on the third day and gave me newness in life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It don't matter. Listen, it don't matter what season you're in. Don't settle for a convenient season. Because now is the time, church. Now is the time for us to spread the gospel. Now is the time for us to be soul winners for the gospel. Because let me tell you, the most important thing, the Bible says that he that, is, that wins souls is wise. Fruit unto eternal life. Now is the time for salvation. And I want you to go out of here tonight saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Don't settle, church. Don't settle for a convenient season. Because now's the time. Let everybody stand. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. The gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. Oh, ashamed. The gospel. The gospel Oh! 